Hello and welcome to another episode of Octal FM Soundbites. I'm Sefran. And I'm Gelada. And we're doing two different things today. We're talking about your recent trip to the Goodwood Festival of Speed, is that right? Yes. And my recent experiences with Splatoon 2 multiplayer, on top of the things I've already discussed about that. Yeah, two very different topics today for Soundbite. Well, we were discussing it before the episode and we thought, like, we've not really done anything particularly joint recently. Hmm. So we thought we'd just discuss what we've been up to, which is the whole point of Soundbite, really, isn't it? Absolutely. So you were telling me earlier that you went down to the Festival Speed, which was this weekend just gone, uh, and that you had a really good time, so... Yeah, it was really good. Uh, I went down with a couple of friends of mine, uh, fellow petrol heads, um, Gareth and Guy. For those that don't know, Goodwood Festival of Speed is basically, um, it's one of the biggest, if not the biggest sort of car related events of the year in the UK. It's done every year and it's bas- it's hosted at Goodwood House. And it's hosted by the guy that owns Goodwood House. Like it's this sort of, it's been going for a very long time. Its premise is that the owner of Goodwood House, I can't, it's the Duke of something, essentially invites all his motorsport friends to come and drive as quickly as they can up his driveway, um, which is quite long because it's a massive house. (laughs) And it's sort of spawned from there, I think, kind of anecdotally spawned from there. And it's huge. So on, it runs from Thursday to Sunday. And on the Saturday, they reckoned that there were a quarter of a million people there. Good Lord. um, That day. Uh, So it's absolutely, it's more like a theme park than a festival. It's so big. Like you said it was big earlier when we were talking about it before the episode, but it was that big. Blooming heck. It's it's absolutely massive. So basically it's, it's full of every single type of car you could possibly think of. Everything from pre-war cars up to cars that aren't even released yet and everything in between, including bikes and NASCAR, like race cars and rally cars and wow. like just absolutely everything. Um, like So a true petrol heads dream. Yeah, absolutely. And so you have the paddock full of all of these cars that, and they get driven up the hill, <laughs> up the hill climb. It's not... Um, just like a museum where these cars aren't doing anything and they're just kind of sat there and you get to look at them. They actually are, you know, looked after enough to run and they run the one minute up the hill climb. And some of them go very fast and set timed, you know, runs up. But some of them obviously are worth, well, some of them are, you can't even measure how much they're worth because they're a one-off. They have no perceived value, you know, beyond it being limitless. And those are obviously driven very gently up the hill. But nonetheless, <laughs> it's still amazing to see, you know, just this wide variety of, of machines. They drive F1 cars up the hill. Like you wow. get to see F1 cars doing donuts as they go <laughs> up the hill. Like, because it's just, there's no, you know, a lot of it is just about having fun and just, you know, showcasing some of these cars. So plenty of them just skid around corners and do donuts <laughs> and, you know, all of that kind of thing. So it's not, you know, it's very lighthearted in that sense. Um, it didn't, you know, it does, as an event, it doesn't take itself very seriously. And it's very much just super petrol heady. You know, it's just if you're interested in cars or motorsport or anything like that in general, it's such an amazing event. And there's loads of stalls and stands. This is the first year that I've ever been. And yeah, it was just it was just incredible. We went for Friday and Saturday. You definitely need more than one day if you want to see everything there, because there is so much to see. How long is it on for? It's from Thursday to Sunday. Oh, so quite a long event then. Yes. And Thursday is kind of a quiet event. Friday and Saturday are the main sort of days and then Sunday as well. And they repeat stuff, right? So the stuff that goes up the hill is this is pretty much the same stuff each 
day mm-hmm. so if you miss them one day you can go on a different day and see the stuff that you missed and this year they were celebrating i think 70 years or 75 years of porsche Uh, So they had um, loads and loads of Porsches going up the hill um, and on display as well. Everything from the very, very first thing that Porsche ever made. Like it has like the like zero zero one as the code. Like it was the first thing that they ever made was there driving up the hill. (laughs) I'm amazed someone has the the fortitude in themselves to let that priceless piece of machinery be used. Yeah, well, I think it's owned by Porsche themselves. So they basically bring a whole bunch of stuff from their museum to Goodwood and drive it up the hill in front of everyone. God, the insurance must be through the roof. <laughs> it's just right? crazy, right? <laughs> that, that's got to be an accountant's worst nightmare. <laughs> to, put, to put it into perspective, like the size of this event and how crazy the cars are, in the performance car park, where members of the public can park if they pay an extra 250 pounds or something like that you can park right it's expensive you can park right at the front of the event where people can sort of look around your cars there was a bugatti chiron in that car park oh yeah just casually (laughs) you know what just like a two million pound car yeah there were two mclaren centers admittedly brought by mclaren but they weren't even on the show stand they were just in the car park Like McLaren just had just there. So it's obviously someone there just to say, Oh, I'm taking I'm gonna take the center. Yeah, yeah that exactly right? that. And McLaren it was like McLaren staff at a McLaren dealership. They had a center and they were like, Yeah, we'll drive the center there. <laughs> That's madness. That's so cool. But yeah, was so there th- um, opportunity for people to like take rides and stuff? Like so you could jump in the car with like a professional driver or something? There were a couple of things like that. So Land Rover and Jaguar have a permanent stand there and they have a Land Rover and, and Jaguar like driving experience there where you could mm-hmm. go around a drift track in an F-type and you oh, could well be cool. driven on a Land Rover like on a you know sort of like off-road obstacle course type thing um, so there's a few little bits and pieces like that but yeah like there was less interactive stuff I guess That's you could say it'd be well cool to be able to jump in some of these like insanely expensive but also insanely powerful cars that you otherwise just would never be able to try i mean you can sit you could sit in a lot of them like a lot of them you could you could get in and sit in and like kind of thing like you they weren't sort of they weren't all behind glass and ropes and stuff like that which was quite cool well you said about that on the show notes that it was a bit of a weird one because especially in the uk we're so used to like very strict health and safety regulations and you just said like it just wasn't there it was quite lax yeah you there were lots of you know wow that's a really expensive really loud really crazy car just like driving down and they're just trying to get all of the public out of the way so that it can get to the bottom of the hill yeah it was it was cool it was very cool thoroughly recommended if you're into that kind of thing in any way but yeah going from a a very positive experience this weekend to a slightly less positive experience how are you getting on with the splatoon 2's multiplayer i i mean we talked about this in the nintendo internet episode didn't we yes in hindsight i think we were a little bit too generous to nintendo (laughs) um and this is definitely a little bit of salt coming from me so you know take that as it is but i mean i've been trying to play some online multiplayer with splatoon 2 like one of the big games at the moment they've been playing a lot uh with a friend of mine and it is just the most difficult process it's so unnecessarily difficult I'm not even talking about the whole friend code side of things or like the ability to not use online chat together. It's not even like that to try and cultivate the non-toxic environment, which is what we were kind of praising Nintendo Mm. for almost, weren't we? It's just simply playing a game together is still difficult and awkward. (laughs) So we can't, if you go into the main game mode, the turf war mode, you can't guarantee you'll be on the same team 
together. There's just no way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we also found that the matchmaking sort of side of things always makes sure that if you're doing the best, uh, your people in your lobbies, it's an eight-person lobby. If me and my friend are doing the best, which we often do, we're never on the same team together. It splits us up because we're the better players who, you know, tries to like split the skill levels up a bit it's trying really hard to balance right but the way i would see it i said this to my friend at the time when we were playing it's like i would rather them try and balance the lobby overall and switch players out to other lobbies than try and balance these individual teams does that make sense it's like if you just look at any moba like any battle arena game where if you're paired together and you two are really good they'll match you to a team of five where two players are really good right they'll do more of a like for like on each team yes so but what rather than that what they what they do in splatoon is they go right well these eight players are the only eight players in the entire world so we're going to try and balance these eight players (laughs) rather than going okay you four over there aren't very good at the game yet and you're still learning you guys go in this lobby with the other four players that are still learning and then the four of all eight of you gel quite nicely and then you guys did quite well together so we'll leave you two together put you in another lobby with some other good players it doesn't do that at all and it's super frustrating yeah and also i'm not sure that balancing a two teams by putting the two good players on either team and then having you know i'm not sure that that's the, even the right way to balance in no. the sense that it doesn't it means that the two of you are not necessarily going to have an as fun game because oh it's infuriating the way we've said it is that regardless of how it all goes we all one of us always wins even if we're on different teams because either of our team will win but if we're on the same team together we'll almost always win because we are significantly better than most of the people playing with. right so but that doesn't make it a fun experience for the other person half of the time. Exactly, yeah. And it's so because it's not a game mode you can carry. I found like in the like the ranked modes, which are more objective based rather than the basic turf war mode, where you have to just kind of cover the ground. You can carry more. Like you can do. Like one person could do more of the work. But in, mm. in the basic game of turf war, you can't. It's impossible because there's too much to do. You have to rely on your team. And if your team are just doing the wrong thing or don't know how to play the game very well, etc you just you've lost already no matter how good you are yeah yeah and i guess it's weird isn't it because even then like if if it means that one of you is the if you're on opposite teams one of you is the best always like in terms of you know you're the best on each team so that's also frustrating for the other four four people or whatever they're playing with you well i try and see from that point of view because at the end of the, the round it will show you the scores of both all the people on each team and i see my team and i'll have like a thousand plus points or something which is pretty good and then the rest of my team will have like 400 points yeah 200 points and it's just like if they saw that they go oh well that was awful because like that guy is so much better than me and i don't want to play against that or play with that you know i wonder if i wonder if nintendo made a conscious decision to do this or if it was just something that they are just in a bit inexperienced in to sort of do matchmaking mm. well it's difficult because i always sort of think surely not like surely they haven't you know there are lots of very talented people working at nintendo you can't tell me that they didn't think that this would be an issue but i guess it depends also in the way that they technically designed the lobby system and stuff like that you know maybe they didn't really have the facility to do the matchmaking between lobbies and between teams i know that matchmaking is hard right like it's a difficult thing to get right we know this just from looking at the history of the way that games have been in terms of the way matchmaking has worked and over time you know how it's got better but it's still something that you know, companies are, are, are trying to tune and try to get right. And, you know, you only have to look at Blizzard or or, or or Valve with Dota, you know, constantly making changes to the way their matchmaking system works to ensure that the game remains fun for people. 
Um, and I guess Nintendo have just optimized for what they want to optimize for you know yeah. a person playing on their own matchmaking rather than rather than teams of people matchmaking i think you're right i think if you're playing solo it does work relatively well yeah but trying to play with with friends it, it just isn't feasible and, and well it is it's just infuriating it's just not the experience you'd expect from a, a 2018 online right. game right uh, you know, this is the kind of thing you'd expect from, you know, a game back in the early 90s where, like, online gameplay was still quite fresh. Yeah, exactly. You know, people were still sort of learning how to do things properly. Maybe uh, maybe Splatoon 3. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe they'll try and actually get the, just the online component a little bit better, a little bit stronger. Because so many aspects of the game are phenomenal. Like, it's mm. such a good game. But it's so infuriating at the same time and i feel that's nintendo right <laughs> yeah like they're so good at certain things but other things you just like come on do a little bit better well from one car festival to one it's the splat festival this weekend oh there we go from one car festival to one splat festival <laughs> exactly it is legit hopefully you've uh, enjoyed listening to this little update on things that we've been up to and things that uh, are frustrating us or things that are bringing us joy then catch us again for another octa fm soundbite very soon